Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Well, happy Wednesday, the 7th of February, 2024. Welcome to Elijah Streams. I'm your host, Steve Schultz. And you are seeing on the clock behind me that it's 2.31 in the afternoon on Tuesday. So we're recording Kat uh, today. You'll see her in the morning at 11 o'clock Pacific. But when you're watching this, it is 11 o'clock Pacific. So uh, welcome, welcome. And it's going to be a great show with Kat. Uh, just two things we're going to run. Of course, we always run a well spot to remind you of your gen- uh, generous giving and thank you for it. Uh, but now uh, in the show that we ran basically today, Tuesday, and then in the morning, when you're seeing this, by the time you see this, we'll have a few spots left for our um, Illinois area event with Robin and myself. It's called the Intelligence Briefing. It's with Elijah Streams and Robin's, uh, I don't know how he's, I guess we're just saying with Robin and Steve. Uh, the first one was in Alabama. Now we're doing this one in Illinois. And I'm going about to read you the city and uh, information about it. This is free. There's no charge for it. This is in Carbon, excuse me, Carbondale Civic Center. Um, okay, Carbon, Carbondale Civic Center. We have room for about 500 grand total, March 9 of 2024. And uh, by the time you, like as I say, by the time you see this, we probably have 100 seats left out of the 500. So you can't wait past this show or you're not likely to get in at all. So we are not... Uh, announcing these too far in advance because yeah. there's a lot of changes in people's lives and all of that. So uh, we don't we want to make sure that all of the things are really cemented before we actually announce that we have, uh, I think, probably up to six more of these intelligence briefings that's going across the country. We have strategic cities uh, or areas in this area in Chicago. It's in a specific region that uh, Robin has discerned it, we need to be at. And so March 9 is the date. Do not delay. Uh, so make sure you get below the screen and read what's there and click into it. And that's how you'll get into it. But um, again, don't wait. If you have a friend in that area, uh, in that region who would drive or quickly fly there, whatever, be sure and let them know right away as soon as you see this. So, all right, let's go ahead and run that well spot. So here we go with that. We are why? Because thousands of people cannot access clean water and thousands have given their lives to Jesus because of the clean water ones that have been drilled. You are truly saving lives. You have no idea the peace of mind that you have brought to the mothers in these villages. Now, their young daughters don't have to travel alone for miles and miles to collect water. Instead, they can focus on school and family. Everyone is rejoicing and giving thanks. May God bless you all. Come with me as we go visit one of the mothers that you have impacted. Hello. 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 Hey, I'm here with Pegson's family. Pegson is a mother of eight and she lives with some of her grandchildren. Before the new water holes were drilled in this community, they would walk two hours to the old water source to collect water. It was very hard for them. But now everything has changed because they now have a new water source. Because of you, the water source is just two minutes away from their home. Stories have changed. Thank you for being a blessing. May God bless you. We would like to say thank you. You have impacted so many lives by donating towards the drilling of water wells. But there are still people without access to clean water. Donate today at elijahsdreams.com slash donate. Welcome, Kat. Good to see you. Nice to have you back on. How are you doing today? Always, always excited to be here. You know that. Yeah, you're always pretty in pink. And of course, we got, oh, it is, you know, it's getting close to Valentine's Day, isn't it? With all your heart. Yes, it is. And I'm sort of just doing that early for everybody out there. <laughs> nice. You know, Ode to Valentine's. You know, he was, yes. I guess that comes from St. Valentine's, right? Isn't he a, 
I so. I think so. You know, when by the time I was here and growing up, we just thought it was a day to express that we cared about somebody. So to yeah. me, that's what it means. And we know God loves us. So there you go. It means two things right now today. That's good. That's good. Well, I have some questions that I want to ask you today. But before I get into those questions, uh, tell us anything that's on your heart. Well, I can just tell you there's a lot going on. That is for sure. A lot of people know that already. And those who are in the spirit really know there's things going on. I've never seen the amount of the host of heaven pouring down to this earth as there are right now. Not just from Earth, but from here in Florida. A lot of them are located here in Florida, over the skies in Florida. And there's been quite a f- bunch of stuff going on. I know that there's there's actually meetings going on um, between heaven and Earth. and Or communications is a better way to say it. Communications yeah. uh, between heaven and Earth about what is about to happen. Not what the left has planned. That's not what they're talking about. They're talking about what God has planned for this Earth. And what is about to happen for everybody. And there's going to be great accountability like we never saw before. I know there's so much stuff going on in the, in the fake news that if you believed everything they said, then you probably wouldn't want to be here. But don't miss being on planet Earth, people. I'm telling you right now, God has a lot of great things. He's not done with anything right now. It's not all over yet. This is not the end, except maybe the way we've all been living for the last years. That is about to end. I just want to really encourage people. That's the greatest thing I do right now is encourage for God to not give up. He's heard your prayers. He knows what he's going to do. Your lives are not all going to be taken away. We're not going to World War III. I can just go down a big old list. There could be, you know, simple skirmishes and places like that. I'm not saying that's not possible. Yeah. But I'm saying here in America, it's not going to be burnt to a cinder. We're not all going to be, you know, shot and killed. and stuff. That's not going to happen. God's got a lot of plans, a lot of people here right now. But he timed your birth on the earth to do things for him. And he has not forgotten about any of it. What he is doing is exposing how evil and wicked. I'm not talking about just the left. I'm talking about Satan. Satan is our number one enemy. No matter how you look around and see who's out there and what they're doing, Satan is our enemy. And I'm telling you, he really is a doormat. And that's what God says. He's under our feet. We're actually going to be selling doormats to say, I don't do demons. And God said, when this whole thing flips and he will move his hand and it will happen, that everybody's going to want to have one of those, I don't do demons, because they know they really are real now, when before they probably didn't know anything. So this has been a huge, um, I guess you'd say, education in a hard way for many people that, yes, darkness is real, evil is real. And Satan doesn't care about anybody, not even his own. He just doesn't. He uses whoever he can. You know, his motto is kill, steal, and destroy. God's is I bring life and life more abundantly. So who do you want? And I will say this, that when that begins to happen and they begin to fall and fail, and I'm talking about landslide of fraud exposure like never before in the earth, God is still saying that people will start running into the kingdom and they, and that is going to happen. Yes, there'll be revival, but revival is about to turn into a heaven habitation here. And so many things and great things are going to be happening, especially probably over the next five years, continually happening. I'm not saying it's going to take that long for all this thing to end. I'm saying great things will begin to happen and they will not stop for the next several generations. God has, a lot of time he's got playing on this earth, not just you and your kids and your kids and your kids, kids and your kids, kids, kids that God's got. He's sending new prophets. Uh, a lot of the babies that are being born right now are actually our prophets. And God's going to flood this earth with the ones who really do, they do speak for him. And so his idea is a baby boom is going to happen. I already said that the last time I spoke, they're going to be a pet boom and a baby boom. How about that? And uh, so, so God doing working uh to get everything ready for what they're going to do here on this earth it will be spectacular it will be signs and wonders there will be a lot of things happening i can't say in this moment but i can just let you know it won't be the way a lot of the fake news says the left says and i know it looks like we're all being corralled in just to be done away with the ones getting corralled in is going to be the left the liberals the haters and of course the darkness even the spiritual darkness as well as the physical darkness is about to take the biggest hit they've probably ever had until, you know, except for Jesus Christ uh, in hell on the third day when he wasted Satan, melted the faces of the principalities and powers, 
He did that on his own in hell on the third day before he went out of there and got back into his body. I can tell you what, he left them something they would never, ever forget. You cannot keep a righteous person. You cannot keep or control the son of God. And they know that that's every demon trembles at the name of Jesus Christ. So I can tell you those things are going to be happening and God is preparing even the hearts of many to receive him. So we're going to have, you better be getting yourself ready and make some plans, at least on paper about what you know God has told you to do and plan to do, because then you're going to be ready when things get started. That is the biggest thing I have to say. So good. So good. Now I want to ask one question about something you just said. And then we can go down to these other questions because there's some really interesting ones. I know because I wrote them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, okay. So, Kat, you said, uh, I don't know if you used the word especially, but you might have said especially about the, the, the activity over Florida. And is that yes. just because A, you're a seer and you see it, or B, because Trump is there, or C, both of those and something else. What t- Talk about why you're seeing so many. Flora has over. always been a battle station from heaven, and they stationed it over Florida on purpose. Really? It's always been over Florida. When I was little, I'd see a lot of angels, but God actually told me in one of my trips to heaven that he took me to heaven there, and he actually showed me Michael's headquarters in heaven. He had then told me, that the, the the heaven's headquarters, a battle station headquarters, not heaven's headquarters itself, but a battle station on earth that literally was formed by God himself was the host of heaven. There are millions of them over the state of Florida. And uh, yes, I see them a lot. I hear them sometimes more than I do hear them. I um, hear them than see them. But I can tell you this. I remember back a few years ago, when God said the ground was going to start to shake and even the humans, the regular humans, not the supernatural ones, would hear the sound in the air because the ground that's shaking is the air. And people were reporting everywhere in this state when God said that. They heard marching. They heard sounds. They heard loud sounds of rumbling. There were no storms around. That was the activities of the host of heaven up there in the sky over their in their battle station that's formed in the sky over Florida. Hey, I, that now that made me think I have, I, it might be a while before I get to my question because I keep getting new ones as you talk. You, uh, the host of heaven. Okay. We, we think of when Lucifer fell and Satan fell, then a third of the angels went with them. And I'm going to ask you if that involved a third of the host or a third of just the angels that are not the host. And then, um, Let's say I know that, who they were. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I was actually speaking in Florida one time, and he had me speaking about Satan's fall and uh, what all that, what all went on with that. And of course, I mentioned Ezekiel and several other scriptures about Satan being kicked out. Of, you know, they saw Lucifer fall as lightning, and that's actually how he was kicked out of heaven itself. Michael just held him and God sent a lightning bolt from himself and took him out of heaven. That's how he got cast out of heaven. Michael would come every time, all the time and step inside the father, inside the father's not body parts. There's a beautiful river in there. There's even a mountain in there that belongs to God. I can see all the little spirits inside there uh, that were playing in the water. They were just playing. They would jump on one of the, um, uh, bands of the rainbow and write it out of God and then write it back in God. But they couldn't, you couldn't go any further than that before you, you know, you were sent to earth and God had your life uh, for you here on earth. But I will tell you this, that's why Lucifer was anointed. He was anointed to lead worship, to create music. He had pipes in him. He actually could make music himself. And so he would step inside the father. This is why he was, what wow dad, I guess you could say, I don't know, but he would step inside the father and he would lead worship from inside the father. You could hear the music coming out uh, of the father that was being created by Lucifer. And he would stand over the heart of God and he would feel all the worship from all those in the throne room. Uh, One third of the angels were worship angels. Which ones do you think fell? Steve? Well, I, I think you're saying they were the, wor- the worship angels. So the That's worship right. angels fell. I yes, mean, so did. what did God 
had to create new angels to replace those worship angels? What, what do we, what? We replace them by worshiping them. That's where worship oh, is so powerful I see on where earth. you're going. We, the body of Christ, not just the body of Christ, but even back in King's David, David's day, why do you think they had so many worshipers? Why did the worshipers go before the army? How important was that? Because when we worship here, uh, even when it was just David and his all of those that were worshiping, even in Solomon's temple, the amount of worship they had going on, it has to pass through the second heaven in the spirit to go through the first heaven, and it would bash. It actually smashes up uh, Satan's place in the second heaven. It gets everything gets busted up, broken up all the time. And I tell people Satan has to put him on patch and repair because uh, he's not going to do it. Okay, I can tell you that the devil won't do that. But he thought. This is what the Satan thought. If I put my place between heaven and earth, I'll block God from getting anything from the people. He'll hear no prayers, no worship. He found out it was the dumbest thing he could have done because he's ruining his own place by putting it where he did. He can't stop anything going up to heaven. And so that was one of the reasons and God knew he was going to do that. But I just, I don't want to go into a whole lot of that. I just will say this. I do know that's who fell because one third of the angels are under Michael. Okay. The warring angels, the host of heaven, one third under Michael, one third under Gabriel. That would be the messenger angels, the worker angels, the scribe angels. I mean, there's a whole list of the angels that are actually under even the even your guardian angel is under Gabriel. They're not a member of the host of heaven. They're not part of the army. They're assigned to you from the moment you are conceived. Your angel is sent from heaven and it will follow that mother around until that baby is born. And then after that, it will be uh, it'll be attached to the baby. But I can tell you right now, the one third that fell were the worship angels. The only ones pretty much left in heaven were those who lived there, people who lived there. Of course, this is after this is after when Christ went to the cross and everything. They worship. They have wonderful worship in heaven. The seraphim never fell. They were great worshipers. They were singing over the throne of God. So there were ever uh, other different groups that sang also. But the ones that were directly under Satan, under Lucifer, were the worship angels. That's why he had all the worship stuff in him. He would train them and show them what to do. But he talked them into following him. He convinced them. He was going to take over heaven. This is how dumb they were at the time that he was going to take over heaven. And he could give them, guess what? Property, wealth, to be renowned. He, he, that's what he, did. He, he got their pride. And so they were all kicked out with him. And so that's the ones that fell. And I was in, actually, I talked before. I didn't say which ones fell. I knew a third fell. Yeah. But when I was talking and God would do this with me many times, I'd be speaking about a certain subject and he would give me more. So here I'm explaining in this wonderful church in Florida about the worship angels and how, not the worship angels, but about uh, Satan's fall. And God said, and I said, he got one third of the angels. And while I'm standing there, God says it was the worship angels that fell because he was their leader in heaven. And he was convinced them to follow him and to believe him over God. Yeah, I mean, that answers a lot of questions about which kind of, why would a third of them even be subject to falling? Why would they be convinced? And it was his own, uh, those under him, those that are. That's right. Was it the sense that, well, was it the sense that he got them all, all the worship angels followed him or just some of them? Do you you know that? He said one third of all the angels are, they're they're split up into three groups. Okay. That's the way it was done. Yes. One third worship, one third host of heaven, and one third were the worker ones, okay. the guardians, the, you know, the scribe angels, all those ones that did that messenger angels, all of those were under Gabriel. And that's how they divided it up. So the ones who fell were the yeah. ones who were led by Lucifer. And he would even, he again, it says when he was inside God that he loved what he did. And then he wanted what he did. And then he decided he was going to take from God what he did. He wanted the glory. He was one of the most beautiful creatures in all of heaven. He had all those Mm. gemstones put on him. He had the ability. That's why he controls music. That's why he uses music in deep, dark areas. And even the words I say, and I mean, a lot of those, uh, a lot of them are influenced 
by the dark side because of that ability to control worship and music. And that's what he was. He was the anointed cherub, okay, that covereth. What did he cover? It says he's the anointed cherub that covereth. He covered over the heart of God. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. God's heart is not a human beating heart. Yeah. It's not. But he covered over where it was, and he would feel all the worship rushing in from all those in the throne room, rushing in all over heaven. If they if they worship God, he could they could hear it, and he could feel it. And he was just pulled. It said iniquity was found in Satan. That's what it says. Uh, it, that iniquity is even worse than just sin. Iniquity is about the worst thing you could even do. And he gave himself to that, to evil and wickedness. And from that point, he started doing. I can't even tell you, he went, whenever th- thing, or things that had already fallen in areas or wherever that was, not in heaven, outside of that realm, Yeah. then he would begin to barter with some of them with, with gold and silver and stuff. He was getting them to follow him. Really? Okay. And so all I can say, yeah, we'll talk about that another day, but one third of the angels that fell, they were the worship ones. He could not convince any of Michael's. He certainly could not convince Michael. I'm quite sure, knowing him, he probably tried. Uh, I'm sure they all knew he was going to get the boot anyway, because they probably all told him how what, how insane that was to even think he could take something from God himself. Right. And yet he himself was deceived. Satan was deceived. He's still deceived to this day. He still thinks he can take over. He's trying now. That's not going to work. He'll try in the tribulation. Guess what? That's not even going to work. And when he's loose from that bottomless pit for a thousand, after a thousand years, he's going to try again. He's just not going to get it. But he's going to never win. Never. He's uh, never so going to be over everything. He's not getting it all, people. No matter what he says uh, or what he ca- tries to barter with people to lie with them. He even tried to lie to Christ on the Mount of Temptation, and that didn't work either. So, so if you ever wondered, it was the worship angels who followed the one who was leading them. And yes. God knew all the time it was what Lucifer was saying. He could hear him thinking even his own thoughts. He knows every thought and and intent of our hearts. So Satan thought, Lucifer thought he was getting away with it. So when I tell you, this is what happened. When God was not in the throne room, would he ever say anything? But outside the throne in other areas, he would try to convince them when he began to pull on them and pull on their pride and pull on the, you know, the, the greed, he began to pull on them and say, watch, I can make my own music. And he would show off what he could do. And I have wealth and I have property. And if you follow me, when I take over, I'll, they even told them, I'll share it with you. Wow. So the, well, the you know, time, go ahead. Well, I was saying, you say it makes sense to me now that when those angels were taken out, God just then said, now the human my my people will then uh, take that. that. That's never been that's right. explained, and it kind of makes sense. I want to. Uh, we got some other questions, so let me okay, move forward ahead. a little bit. Um, I did want to say that you said as you were talking, because I keep getting new questions. You know how it works with me. Uh, yes, of course. You well, said that's normal. That, that he was yeah. that uh, our angels are the guardian angels. They're not part of the host. Uh, they're part of uh, Gabriel which is fascinating, but it fascinates me that the angels who guard us, which means they have authority and strength and power and yes. probably fighting ability, or they wouldn't yes. be called guardians. Can you talk That's about right. their fighting, and do they sometimes call on the host to help them in this and that? They absolutely call on the host, Steve. Okay. And in the Word of God, it even says this, that when some angels are traveling between heaven and earth, the host come with them. So if they're coming on assignments down here, he doesn't just send them off by themselves. He always sends them off at least by two or more or in groups. But I will tell you that when guardian angels are going back and forth, the host on purpose go with them. Okay. The hosts were created to fight. The guardians were created to guard. They watch over them to make sure they're kept safe, that they grow up, they can, they can even sometimes say something to them, not like I'm seeing you, but say something to inside, like, you know, 
I, I, I need to know Jesus Christ. I love this. You know, when they go to Sunday school and they see something, oh, I love that. Oh, I love that. And then they just say, oh, I loved it. They're not brainwashing them. They're just giving them some a word or something that they can go on like, this is God. This is this is a good thing. I, I, I want to do this. I want to help that person. They'll even say sometimes I should go help that person in their own home to the children. And so, really? uh, so I really? do know the guardian angels are with them from the time they are conceived. If they don't make it through the whole pregnancy, guess who takes them back to heaven? Their own guardian angel takes them back to heaven. And did you say that most people have two angels, two guardian angels, or one? What? How many guardian angels does each? I would say have? most people have at least two. Okay. Okay. Uh, they're different. It depends on what they were called to do, what they're doing for God. If they're involved with something that may even be like, say, a missions trip, they may get yeah. three or four more to go with them, especially if they're going to be ministering, not as a the pastor, but just ministering. They'll have more assigned to them uh, to, to be with them. Now, that probably might be some of the hosts that are assigned to them for a certain project or a certain place that they're going to go. Um, but but God sends them, but, but they're guardian angels themselves. I've seen people with as many as five, even children with five guardian angels. Really? Even children? Because they had a higher calling that needed more protection? Or I can't mention any names, but I do know this. I know several of them that have five, I, and I know what their names are, and I know wow. what their purposes are. And usually your main guardian angel the name of that angel has something to do with the gift God sent you with to this earth. And let's say and so five, they, okay. They, you, you, yeah. don't, you know, you of course aren't going to name the name of the, the person, but yeah. um, can you sort of delineate some of the purposes of the extra three, four, and five? What would they do differently? Sure. Let's just say one of them is going to be a dancer, right? A beautiful okay. dancer like yeah. ballet or dance or, or dance worship. They would have one that, that, that does cover them, literally hides them from the enemy so that the enemy can't see them in certain situations. He would they would have to do that. Then there would be one that would have to do with their dance gift. If they sang too, and that was gift, they had one that helped them in their singing. And so whatever their whatever gifts they have that they're going to use on this earth, you're you are assigned certain angels to help you go and discover that gift and then get to use that gift and be with you while you use that gift. So if there's someone who's multi gifted, like you're an artist, a beautiful artist, a fine artist, you know, and you're going to dance, you're going to sing, maybe you're going to be in comedy, Christian comedy, you would have one for each one of those. But you'd always have your main one. There's always one that would be over the others that okay. were that were there with you. So that's how God does it. Now, I was praying with a prophet. Some people would know that, that person's name, but we were just praying personally. And while he was kind of like praying to, to get the conversation started, and he prayed something like, uh, Lord, cloak us and make us invisible to the enemy. And what you just said tapped me into that. And it makes me want to ask you, is that a good prayer? Should we pray when we're about to go on a, an important assignment or have an important meeting that we want to strategize against the enemy? Should we pray for these, I don't know what you say, cloaking angels or make us invisible to the they enemy? They actually are called cloaks. Oh, they are. Maybe it's they so, cloak. okay. They cloak. That means oh. hide. They hide you. And sometimes their name represent what they do for you. So I do know one whose name was Cloak. Okay, I did wow. know one that was, yeah, one was called the mountain and he was to hide somebody. He was hiding though, not in the same way. Um, it was like not from being not discovered or heard while the other one that was cloaking was actually literally could hide them from being seen. And so there, there are, uh, I'll just say this. I know one that was going to become a great drummer and his main name, angel's main name was Fire Jam. Fire, what, how do you spell the last name? Jam. Fire yeah, Jam. Fire Jam, okay. Wow. Like you're jamming. <laughs> oh, like that. Fire Jam. Fire Jam, so, jam. yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. So he's literally, he was given a name that describes this guy's gift. That's right. Itself. Yes. Wow. Yeah, so your main angel normally does. Okay. Uh, 
I won't tell anybody my angel's name. I will just tell you that um, it means great money. Wow. Well, you can't argue with that name. No. All right. Well, listen, let me let's jump on. I can keep going with that, but let me jump into the first question on my list. But um, at the end of the last show, really towards the very end, we didn't have time to to cover it that much. And I may have asked you a couple of questions on it, but you, I talked about someone like someone in Hollywood and selling their soul to the devil. And you said something like you can't sell your soul. That's not even, I think you were trying to indicate that's not doable. Someone can't give it or sell it. I mean, what, what what would you say about that? I think if they just want to give their soul to Satan, they can try to do it. But if any time in their life, no matter what they're doing, if they decide or they have an encounter, uh, it could be an angelic encounter. It could be an encounter with Jesus Christ. Uh, the blind, he could remove the blinders from that person's eyes. And then at that moment, they would want Christ. The devil cannot stop him from receiving Christ. Basically, he can't stop anyone he's using. If they, if that soul changes, if the soul changes. Wow. It would probably have to be God, but it's happened. Still, has happened. Um, but you, the devil, would like to make everybody think. You know, I'm just going to buy you, and then I'll own you. Well, that's what he wants you to think. And I know people. There's even warlocks that have gotten born again, and witches that have got born again, and then give their testimonies later. And 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 the enemy didn't want them to do that. He would come keep coming after them, and and finally they just what 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 they were saying to Satan. It's what God gave them to say to him that it's over. You're never going to have me. And wow. God protected them. And no, and they made their soul, their soul. They just, it just changed what they wanted. And they went after Jesus Christ and they travel everywhere and speak about the darkness that you get yourself caught in. Some people are just fascinated by it or they think it's great or I'm going to have money. I'm going to have these great homes, but, but you, you are giving up what you can do with that soul for God or the purpose God meant you for to be on this earth. And uh, I would tell people it's just not worth it. Should you get to a place where you are so defiled and you hate so much and that you are, or you're angry at God about something that wasn't his fault. uh, You don't want to have the chance happen that you died and never got to ask. No. And I was watching this, uh, you know, Someone talking about this, I don't remember how it came to me, but it was someone, they flashed the lyrics of a rapper or something, and it went something like this, sold my soul to the devil, and now I can't get it back. Or it was more rappy than that, but I mean, sold my soul to the devil, can't get it back now. I mean, and the the implication of the lyrics, even if that person kept saying to himself, can't get it back, can't get it back, they wouldn't even try because they figured they'd already forever sealed their fate. Yeah, I think because you're feeding your soul, and you have to be careful what you're putting in your own soul. And I tell it to people all the time. You don't want to convince your own self of a lie. Because yeah. that is a lie. It's a lie. Anyone, anytime. If God can say the vilest sinner. I mean, that's the worst one on the earth probably except for the devil. The vilest sinner. He wants the vilest sinner to be free. So if he says that, he means it. It's up to that person. And say, well, them. there are people that I know who I believe have intentionally sold their soul. I actually believe they've, in so many words, they've said so. But if I'm hearing you correctly on this, we should continue to stand for them. They stand for them. It doesn't matter if they say they've given their soul to the devil. The only thing that matters is I'm standing, Lord, for this person's salvation and i'm praying to send labors for the harvest right it is so important especially to god for people to do that and i'm not saying you're not um you're not you know um making a big deal out of the evil that they're doing that's not what you're doing you're really standing in the gap for their salvation that is only possible through the blood of jesus christ and i don't mind saying that anybody there is only one way to heaven because there's only one person who paid the price that can forgive, and his name is Jesus Christ. 
you aren't going to go any other way. Okay. Even if you, even if at the very moment of death, he appears to you and said, do you want me now? You know, your mother's been praying, your daughter's been praying. Do you want to have a chance? Do you want to change your mind? And he can do that sometimes. And, and then they do. And then they make it to heaven. Of course, they probably don't have a lot of reward. Not that that's yeah. what's important. It's more important to be there than be in the other place where you you have no future. You have no life. You, you're never going to see your family again. And I'm just saying that the torment and the torture is just, I don't want to talk about that either right now. Yeah. But I'll yeah. just let you know this. If he says he wants the vilest sinner to be set free, he couldn't say that. If it were impossible. Yeah, exactly. Really good, Ken. All right. Um, then this kind of a follow up on that. Um, we've heard about grieving the Holy Spirit. We're not supposed to grieve the Holy Spirit. And, and what does what does that look like? And I think I have a newer understanding later in life that grieving the Holy Spirit simply means don't make him sad. Don't make him grieve. Because I was taught. Well, if you grieve the Holy Spirit, that's it. Well, grieving is just making him sad. But now talk to me about that. I think grieving is probably, he's probably invested a lot of himself into certain people, you know, and um, really knew that they were going to do stuff for God. And I think what the grieving part would be, don't do things that are really stupid or harsh or cruel when they, you know that hasn't been you, that hasn't oh, been that okay. person. And I think it does probably, I can't say necessarily he cries. I can say it probably, he's probably not very happy. Yeah. That his, his greatest desire would be for them to make it to heaven, not just make it to heaven, but be everything Christ wanted them to be. Uh, it's not a mistake that anybody's on this earth at this time. They were yeah. sent here at this time for something for God. And like I say, I love what the Holy Spirit said. He timed your birth on the earth. Yeah. And there was you no know, purposes that he had. And when you don't on purpose and you know what it is and you say, no, I'm not doing it no more. I'm just fed up with it. I'm sick of it. I don't want it anymore. I think that would be something that would totally probably would grieve the Holy Spirit. Well, wouldn't you wouldn't know, give that, up on you necessarily, but it's still, you know, it's probably not real pleasant. To yeah. That, that scripture, it was much later in life when I was going over that. And I didn't, I forgot to type that one out. But that scripture that says, and this is roughly, I think you'll recognize it. It says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit um, with whom you have been sealed. Do you know That's that right. one? And I'm yeah. thinking, well, wait a minute. That that contradicts my the teaching that I was receiving because don't make him grieved when he's already sealed you. You know, now you, I mean, that, that, then that comes into what you were saying. He's already sealed You're you. You're turning from what everything you knew that was God and going to the darkness. And uh, sealed in the Holy Spirit is number one, you've received the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So you've received him. And yeah. he lives in us. You know, when he does that, yeah. uh, when you're born again, he'll come alongside. You invite him to indwell you. And then he will. I mean, I don't know what I do without the Holy Spirit either. But he does. He gives you sound wisdom. He gives you a good training. And he's with you all the time. He helps you even with small things. And yeah. so he's actually sharing. And, of course, he can be everywhere all at the same time. He has unlimited layers, basically, is what it is. There's unlimited layers of himself, but it's all just him. It's him. So he knows everything going on everywhere all at the same time. It's just the third member of the Trinity. And I know you can't in your head get that. But So here he is investing in your life to care about you, to help you, to mentor you, to help train you in things that you need from God, that God needs in your life. And then you go, I'm done with it. I'm just not going to do it. I found something much better and it's more exciting because you're going into the darkness. That would be something that would majorly would grieve. In other words, all he poured into you and he's just like squeezing you like this, like, no, I don't want you anymore. I'm going to go over here. Uh, it's more like that than just making them sad. It's a little bit more than just that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's more intense. Okay, I want to tell you this: the Holy Spirit won't let them go. He will keep on Himself. Keep on. Even if he's grieved, uh, yes, he would keep at it. He would still yeah. come and speak. He would speak to them in here. You know, He's not yeah. going to give up on them. Okay, now I don't know that you would know the answer to this, but maybe you probably do. 
Uh, so I'm going to ask it. It's kind of along this same line. Um, Jesus was saying, no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder, you know, his goods unless he's first to buy. Now, they had just accused Jesus of doing what he did with a demon's power. That's what they had just said. And he launches into this thing, and then he keeps going. Uh, this is what they've done. They've accused him of doing this by the power of the devil. And he says, I'm telling you this, all sins will be forgiven, the sons of men, and whatever blasphemies they may utter will be forgiven. But he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal condemnation because they said, and then the scripture finishes because they said he has a demon. Some say he has a demon, some says he has an unclean spirit. Can you talk about that's the one place where he says it will never be forgiven you? Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. Talk about that if you know. I think that would have to be a really, really harsh, hard person. Uh, I do know this. Even though you don't give your soul to the devil, I guess people think they do. They don't sell it. Yeah. You have so many layers in your soul. And I know how a human soul is made because the father has shown me this going to be in book three. I'm going to be talking a lot in this new season about that. But and everybody has different. Somebody could have a thousand layers of themselves. The more expressive you are, the more layers you have on the inside of you that make your emotions. That also you use to to choose things, to do things. So, uh, where someone who has five or six, they're very staid, they're very set. They can't. You cannot move them like flint. And God wants them that way. Yeah. So He doesn't have them going off like a little squirrel everywhere. <laughs> You're not going to be moved. Yeah, and uh, those kind of people make great warriors. I can tell you, they make great warriors. Um, but so, so you you just can't be moved aside of any or anything like that. But your soul has layers in it, yeah. and every layer looks like you. God has a reason why He put those layers up there in you. Sometimes while you're sleeping, he will take one to a foreign country. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, does the word multitasking come into play? Multitasking, and more so in these days coming. Okay. Now, there are some people who knew, they knew that they knew, they actually knew that God did that. They knew they were taken to different places. Uh, They went there and they preached while they were over here doing it in another whole country. They knew that, they knew that happened. Uh, that hasn't ever happened to me. I'm not saying it can't happen. Right now he's having me focus on one thing, and that's revealing heaven. So that's my focus. I, yeah. I have a lot of layers on the inside of me. I have a lot of creativity. I'm a photographer, which is anything that's creative. You usually have a lot of layers also inside of you. And uh, you, so you can be very expressive. You can be very detailed. There's many things that show up when you have a lot of layers. Um, but but this is the thing that God made you that for for that way. He yeah. made you for a purpose. So whatever that purpose is or gifting he gave you, you needed more layers in you. But if you could look at your human soul, you would see a solid, like a column with etchings from God on it. This is really? just a, one, per, one person's, your own soul has things written on it from God. Wow. wow. And the soul was not very active when you lived in God. You didn't need to make decisions. Well, you could decide to play in the river of life or run up the mountain or jump on the rainbow. Basically, that's it. You couldn't get out of God and just wander somewhere and go do things. You just couldn't. So you didn't need your soul really that much. That was here. Was, this is this is you were just used to being in God. You could have been there for, I don't know, 100,000 years and and you wouldn't know it. I wouldn't know it because uh, we've been with God. He didn't just in one moment make us all. He made all these spirits and he knew they would send them to the earth at different times for different reasons and purposes. And none of them were angels. We're not talking about angels. Angels are made by the hand of God. Like this cup was made. It was made. Okay. They were made. We are the sons and daughters of God. That's why he carried us on the inside of him. So that's where we live. And then we were time to be born. He took us out in his hand. That seed was carried down probably by Holy Spirit at the time of conception and placed in place. That spirit was when that conception took place, there was a dot of flesh. Okay. It was a dot of flesh. 
but it wasn't finished until the spirit was attached. So what they brought down from God was our spirit, our little spirit. When he breathed into Adam's nostrils, there was no life there. There was a whole body there, no life. But when God breathed into Adam's nostrils, the spirit of life, that was Adam's spirit that had been living in God, just a little thing playing around inside of him until it was time for him to come to earth. So that time God breathed him in. But, but when, of course, when conception takes place, then Holy Spirit brings in. He says, I knit you together in your mother's womb. And people think, oh, he put my arms and legs on. That's not what that's it's talking about. That's not what that is, huh? No, but people say that it is not your well, arms right, because and legs. he says I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. So you think yeah. in terms of arms and legs and no. Okay. When God created that emotion and that, that I can't even think of how to say it. Um, that act, yeah. the act of okay. creating a conception, conception, being yeah. a woman, conception, yeah. conception. When that happened automatically, that little dot, that little flesh begins to grow, especially when the spirit is attached, when he attaches. And they have found this out. I tell people all the time, your spirit man is made out of light, but it looks just like you. I young you because <laughs> they don't get old. They don't, they don't get yeah. old. They don't have yeah. any age on them. So yeah. at the time of conception between the man and the woman, when that takes place, let's say a husband and wife, right? At that moment, of the conception takes place. That little spirit is then by Holy spirit attached to the dot of flesh in the mother's womb. And that is when life begins. That's actual life that will grow. They'll have arms, legs, head, but all of that, they'll have all of that. But when the spirit is attached, that's the one part that's missing. Man can't make a spirit or a soul. They can't. Yeah. So then you have the full thing. So when 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 God breathed Adam's spirit into his body and he became alive, he said he became a living what? Soul. A living soul, Steve. Yep. Mm-hmm. He didn't say a living human being, he became a living soul, which meant when we were inside of God, you know, we we had our we were a little spirit. We didn't have flesh on us. We just but it, we you know we were just cute little things, and we would play, and yeah. we probably knew each other inside of God. We probably knew all your staff inside of God, and He's bringing the, and many times in life you bring them all back together. I remember myself running up the holy hill inside of God, and He putting His hand inside of Himself, and I climbed in it. And I remember laying like this. And I had some little kind of a weak, little tiny thing on my, on my head. I, I was a little girl. He knew I was going to be a girl. And so anyway, so when he gets ready to send us, okay, he gets that soul fully prepared in the spirit. Because remember, the spirit is brought down, but it's not just the spirit that's put in there. It's your soul. So at the time of conception, you get your spirit with your soul in it. Your soul is the core of your whole being. It's what you think with, what you choose with, and what you display yourself with. It's your soul. You are a living soul. Because when we were in God, we didn't have to make a lot of decisions or choices or where we're going to live, what we're going to do, you know. But now Adam became a living soul who then had accountability, who could create, who could make decisions, display things, and make choices. So your soul is very important. So it was brought to life. When it was left the father, it was brought to life in that body. So God waited for earth to be here to start sending us from himself so that we would all have bodies. But we would have our spirit and our soul in that body, which then we could think and make choices of. So that's what. Yeah, by the way, you know, as you're talking more questions, but I mean, someone, they've got all these books and people said, I'm going to do this and make this trek and eat this. And if I do all these right things, I'm either going to have a boy or I'm going to have a girl. But it sounds to me like God knew what he was sending. And yes, at the moment of conception, yes. what he was going to send. That's what sent. came. Yeah. 100% boy or 100% girl. That's right. Not anything in between. <laughs> Male and female. He made them male and female. Mm -hmm. That's what it says in the garden. He made them male and female. Yeah. And you need both to make another. Yeah. Yeah, You know, I was going to ask you further about um, 
well, there's different terms for it. There, you know, fertility treatments, artificial insemination, but they're still <clears throat> bringing together egg and sperm. They're still bringing together those two things that are taken. Uh, is taken. there any procedure? Not that's not right. The word. Anything God does unique or different at a time like this when there's not an active moment of love. There's just any, anything. I don't think done? so. I think whenever a conception takes place, yeah, whether it's done through the fertility stuff. It's still the two things they need. They need yeah. the egg and they need the sperm and they need them to come together. And when they come together, there's conception. And, um, you know, not going into a lot of detail, sometimes you could have a lot of activity, let's just say activity, but only one results in yeah. a child being yeah. created. And at that second, God will send, because of what he said, when conception takes place, I will send a spirit from myself and it will be knit together in the mother's womb. Very good. Very good. Let's see. I think we have time for one more here. Okay. Um, let's see. Which one is it? Which one is it? Okay. Here's a question about, um, let me just read what I typed out. My wife and I, Doreen and I have had, had this question. When we are sick and we just can't seem to get healed, let's say it's an infection, Okay. Can it be only a medical condition for which they've not found a cure, or is it simply a spiritual attack by the enemy? In other words, do some conditions need only deliverance, while other conditions need only antibiotics? Are there is there a distinct separation between a medical condition and someone who's sick only because of demon? Like, can you have a medical condition? You see, you know what I'm saying? It's hard to grab. I know exactly what you're saying, okay, Steve, yeah. and I'll just say this. The devil doesn't care how he makes you sick. Okay. He wants to get rid of you. He wants to, he doesn't want anyone to, to live. He doesn't want anyone. Anything he can do in attack and that people aren't aware, it could be a spiritual thing. And yeah. sometimes it's deliverance. Sometimes it's casting out. That doesn't mean you are demon possessed, by the way. That's yeah. casting out the sickness, the disease. Uh, if maybe they got a tumor, maybe they've got something else, you know, and lots of times that's why people sometimes get healed in church and it may not have been something even normally caused, you know, that you would normally think, well, that's yeah. caused by this and that it could be a spiritual attack, especially in these days, it could be a spiritual attack. Yeah, even more I've so. seen quite a few members of my, my family, not ones who live with me, but other ones who have been under the enemy's attack. The enemy's going to want to try to get rid of anybody he can. So we just all call each other. We get on the prayer line. We all get together. We get in agreement. We take authority over all that stuff. We cast out any sickness, any disease, any tumors. Or you can ask God for the gift of the lightning power of God. Well, I like that. Now, that with Jesus, there's a part in the scripture where it says he went to the Decapolis and he went to the Beyond the Jordan. He did all the healing, all, quote, Healing all who are oppressed by the devil. And That's okay, right. That one trips a lot of us up, including me. So I'm mm -hmm. thinking everybody was sick that he healed, but he healed those who are oppressed by the devil. So uh, what do you say about that? That Satan makes sickness and disease. Okay. No, he does. Yeah, he I does. mean. Especially if he can get away with it. When I say get away, he will do whatever he thinks he can get away with. But yeah, of course, okay. we, we, and I do know, and we all know by his stripes, we were healed. The ability to be healed and even made whole is because of what Christ did on Calvary. Okay. And people really need to, I would say, number one, if you've not taken communion over it, please take communion over it. And after taking the communion and recognizing what Christ has done, you have a blood covenant with Jesus Christ. You do. And then you lay that covenant before God and say, Father, I'm just bringing to, even though God knows, it says, bring me into remembrance. Bring you into remembrance that I am a blood-bought believer of your son, Jesus Christ. And I am therefore declaring that I want my right to be healed. I want it. You know, Christ made it possible. I'm saying yes to that. I, I poured my life out for him. And Jesus, I know that you know that, but I'm going to remind you anyway. I thank you for my healing and my wholeness in Jesus' name. And I will have nothing to do with the enemy. I serve no other than you, my God, Jesus Christ. I will not serve another. I will not, I will not recognize him. He has no right. No power, no platform, no property right to be here. 
on me, in me, or around me in Jesus' name. I'm declaring and standing for my wholeness. Now, I say do that before you decide to go to a doctor first. I'm not saying that doctors are wrong. They even had them. Luke, one of the disciples, was a physician. Yeah. So he even picked one of the disciples, was a doctor. He definitely approves of doctors if they're not giving you stuff that will take you out. <laughs> and some of that is going on today. We know that already, that they're like, I'm sorry, I won't even discuss the virus with people because I know that a lot of that was made up. And it was not good for anybody. Yeah, so don't, yeah. don't, I would not. Well, have and and that. The, the other genesis of that question was at one time, and it's a guy that I know who's got a real gift. He's a seer, but we, we were discussing some things that just wouldn't let hold. It probably was me, but I can't remember what the situation was. And I was talking to, about the issue with him. And he said, I can, if somebody has something that's spiritually caused, I have kind of authority in that. And I don't think he was trying to make a law or a doctor, but he's saying if it's a medical condition, I don't, I don't seem to, he was basically saying he didn't have the gift of a healer. I guess. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think that's probably what he was saying. But as far as at least he was talking about, as far as his gift, it was medical. He didn't, there wasn't much he could do. If it was a spiritual reason, they're sick, but he wasn't, necessarily saying I'm casting out demons when he did his thing. I understand what he's saying, though. Some people do have a gift in the spiritual areas okay. of, of anybody's life. Really, they understand how the spirit operates. They understand how the enemy comes against them, what he uses to come against them. He understands the word of God enough of what to say and do. And if God gifted him with that, that could be a gift. Yeah. That could be a real gift. Now, there are spiritual gifts and there are natural gifts. But God sends us with from heaven is a natural gift, like a pianist or a photographer, a, 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 a builder. You know, I could go on. There's just too many things to mention. Yeah. You know, people who prefer, prefer food can make good food, who can do clothing, who do. We need natural things in this natural earth. And and people way back then didn't a lot of them didn't understand the spirit side of it. Not that there there always were some that did. Yeah. But some people have a greater understanding of how in the spirit things work, and therefore that would probably be their one of their primary things that they can do and help people with. Derek Prince certainly was somebody who yeah. was in the spirit, understood things and why things happened, and uh, even how sometimes curses would come on you, how to break the curses, how to sever witchcraft on operating against you. That would be somebody like that. Yeah. And I did know a, a prophet who could do that, who understood well, that's probably a curse spoken over you and you need to break that. This is what we do to break it. If you ever feel, I know this, and this is just going to be a free tip for people if you ever experience a lot of it. You feel like you have a spike or something, just those pains that stick in your head. Yeah. Normally. I'm not saying every time. Normally, that means witchcraft is trying to attach itself to you. And what you do, literally, you go, I sever any and all witchcraft operating against me. And it breaks that, even if you didn't cause it. Because Satan is a thief who comes to come to come to kill, steal, and destroy. And that's basically what a lot of the witchcraft stuff going on, that they will try to do that. Don't receive it. Ever don't receive anything from the enemy. So this means I sever any and all witchcraft operating against me and in the spirit that will be broken completely and that will go and won't do any good people who don't know anything. That's why they get away with that stuff in some foreign countries. A lot of people aren't aware of what to do against stuff like that. Um, I tell people there are no good witches. Yeah, that's right. The Bible says have nothing to do with a necromancer. That is witchcraft. So if you want to know if it's in the Bible, yes, it is. And I know we went a lot of different areas and directions today. I think it's so important to people to have truth when you can get truth to give you understanding. Yeah. You know, in, 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 in all your getting of wisdom, the Bible says get understanding. Yeah. So that's also uh, from God. You can know a lot of things, but understanding things is a whole different level, whether it's a spiritual thing or if it's a natural thing. One yeah. day we won't have to worry about any of this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> when you're in heaven one day, and I do one more thing, God said, please encourage people who just lost somebody. Okay. This is from the father. He was speaking to me yesterday. 
And uh, I was talking to him about some of my family members who'd passed on, how excited I was, how happy it was, because I've seen not a lot of heaven, but but enough to know that it's the most amazing place ever that you'll be in. And uh, and he said, you know what? When you go on Steve tomorrow, take a moment to encourage those who've sent their loved ones home. Good. Proper word, people, is home. The Bible says our citizenship is in heaven. It literally says that. We are citizens of heaven on loan to planet Earth down here. But when you leave this body and your spirit man steps outside, who looks like you, but a lot better, that you'll have somebody waiting. He even said to tell him this. You will have a transport from heaven waiting to take you no matter where you pass. Mm, nice. Whether it's an accident, if it's natural, if it's whatever, whatever it is. When you step out of this body, you will step out and you'll turn around and see your body laying there. But you'll be a lot younger if you can see yourself. In it. They will be waiting to take you. You will never have to worry. What do I do? Where am I going to go? All your family who live in heaven will be waiting to welcome you. Sometimes Jesus comes and gets you himself. And there's different ways that you can be taken to heaven. But don't ever be concerned. He will never leave you. Christ will never leave you. And he'll never desert you. They'll have all of that ready for you. And you'll celebrate the whole time you're in heaven. You can't wait for your loved ones to get there. You can still declare over them. Even sing sing happy birthday to them on their birthday. When they're on the earth and having a birthday, let me tell you, your loving will be singing to you. So please celebrate. Guess what? You didn't lose them. They moved home to heaven, which is your home. If you're a believer, your home is heaven. And your citizenship is there. It is not on this earth. We are not of this world. We were sent here to make a difference and help people in their lives to know Jesus Christ. I hope you're nice to somebody every day. He didn't say to lay down and be a doormat and be beat up either. But you stand up and be who Christ made you to be. Everyone has something special that they can offer for other people to bring help and hope and kindness and even excitement and even celebration. We're about to have a lot of celebration on this earth. So it was wonderful to speak to you. Can I pray for them really quick? Steve? Yes, please do. Thank you. Thank you, Kat. So, Father, right now, I just release the life of God mm. to everyone watching. Yes, his Lord. love for you. His son sacrificed for you. Christ mm. is your savior if you've received him. He is your healer. He restores your soul. He is a fighter on your behalf. He's your advocate in the courts of heaven. He loves you. He's your king. And he, guess what? One day we're all going to have a big wedding ceremony in heaven. And it's going to be great. So, Father, I just release these things to those people. Break off any any, um, things put upon them by the enemy. We put on any stronghold, shred any platforms of Satan. We cast out any demonic. Get out of their lives, out of their home, out of their family, out of their city in Jesus' name, and I command the host of heaven to flood whoever's watching this and says, yes, flood their home with the presence of the Most High God, his love, his presence, his glory. Fill their home and sever every portal of hell that's been put there in Jesus' name. Release God's supplies, his purposes, his surprises, his provision, and his plans for your life are great. You need to say, I expect it to happen in Jesus' name. Be healed mentally, Mm. physically, spiritually, bodily in Jesus' name and healed in your soul and be whole, not just healed because of Jesus Christ and what he did for you. So be it. Amen. 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 Kat, thank you so much. Hey, tell people about you've got two websites, Kat Kerr. Talk about that one, katkerr.com. Katkerr.com is like it's a spiritual platform for God to speak and say whatever he wants to say about whatever he wants to talk about. It's also the only place if you decide to give to me, we have something called the Guardian Zone that if you want to give on a regular basis, you can become a guardian. And we're about to send out a lot of stuff for them. You know, we took a, a little break. We've actually got new offices now, and we're digging out all of our stuff from storage so we can send the stuff to the people. We love you. Thank you so much for your support. It, but anyone, if you just want to give one time or whatever you want to do, you go to catcur.com, 
click on the treasury and that's where you'll find that information. There's also videos, all kinds of videos and testimonies and interviews of people uh, with me or about God on catcore.com. And also there's revealingheaven.com where we have our store. You can see all kinds of products that represent heaven, bring heaven to your home. And also that's where we sell our books, our DVDs, our CDs. We also have the flash drives now available with a lot of stuff on it. And other ways to do all that that I don't know anything about, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I have a cab called Revelator of Heaven, and I have a team that does a lot of the other stuff, not me, but we're about to create a whole lot of new stuff from heaven to earth, and we thank you all so much. And all the prayers you have given on our behalf, we are so grateful that the most precious thing you can give anybody is to pray for them. So yeah, thank you true. for that. And blessings to Steve Schultz. Make sure you give to him. I've yeah. joined the water project now. You don't know how happy every time I see that commercial now, <laughs> I know I get to help make that happen. And I'm very awesome. grateful. Awesome. So grateful for all of Steve's team and uh, grateful for all that they do for this world by allowing the prophets to speak, the prophetic yeah. people to speak for God into your lives. And that is a wonderful thing. Yes, God does love Steve very much. And mm. yes, he is very special to him, whether he won't say that himself, but I will. <laughs> You're very kind. Kat, thank you. Wow, very kind. Uh, hey, quick reminder, everybody, Andrew Whalen will be with us on Thursday. You're seeing this on Wednesday, so for you, it's tomorrow. Thanks yeah. again, Kat. God bless you. This is fun today, so as always. Yeah. So, all right, everybody, yeah. have a great day, and we'll see you in the morning. Love you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.